0: You're about to listen to a message from the Life Point Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Amen. Okay. Right. It's one of those Sundays where, you know, probably we will spend quite a bit of time just singing. But I do have, I said to Wumiwa, well, I have a short message. And Wumiwa and Sam were laughing. And I was like, it's like that Sam said something sarcastic to the intent or so. When P.I. says the message is short, you know. But I don't know where you guys are getting all this from, but <laughs> but it is a short message. So today, um, we conclude our discussion about the five pillars of wealth. Um, we started out by discussing the blessing of God. By the way, if it's your first time at Life Point, good morning, welcome. Our service to be more structured than this normally, but we thank God uh, my name is Idris um, I'm a caretaker here um, when we're growing up and this is because I didn't grow up in Lekhi I grew up in Benin so your nickname what we used to call it in Benin does anybody have a clue what call call? they'll say well, do you have a nickname but what, what So it'll be now I would know you would know because you grew up in Port Harcourt just hang on all these Lagos people so you say your guy name okay <laughs> so my guy name is P.I. so if you hear them saying P.I. that's me alright but uh, most of our leaders are on this side, but the person next to you, if you're a first-timer, typically has been here a while, um, and they're nice people. They would like to know you. At some point in the service, the person preaching might ask them to sell you something. Don't get too worried, all right? That's how we used to do here, okay? Might just start by experimenting and tell the person next to you, tell them, I love you. I said ah, ah, you just went in. You didn't even start from somewhere small. You just went... Just something light. Uh, let's start from let's start from something light. Let's tell the person next to you, I love you. I, I love you. Uh, that's how we used to do here. We're not uh, One one guy's just looking forward, saying never. <laughs> Said, Nobody's moving me this morning. I came to worship God. But sometimes when you come to church trusting God for a miracle, that miracle is in your mouth, is what you would say to someone next to you. So look at them in the eyes and tell them, I really don't know you. And please don't think more of this than it is. <laughs> and I wouldn't normally say this if I didn't say to tell you. But looking at them in the eye, and nobody's looking at you in the eye like I saw her, there's a problem. But look at them in the eye and tell them, I love you. I love you. <laughs> there are two sets of people here. One person is just like, God, why did I sit here today? Why didn't I sit in front near Darrell? Why? Why? <laughs> ah. Alright, but we've been talking about five pillars of godly wealth. We started out talking about the blessing of God and how in Abraham, there is a blessing that God has assigned on the earth. And the Bible says in Galatians that we, our faith, have come into that blessing. Um, Second week, we talked about stewardship. Uh, Pastor Tundi taught us out of Matthew 25, I think. Um, and talked about the fact that you would need to be faithful in that which God will give you so that you can progress into more. Um, um, I think we then had a discussion about the power of work, uh, in which uh, one of those messages, which I think I have not finished preaching yet, in which I, you know, we said how, look, the work of a blessed man, the work of a man who God has blessed, is a channel for the manifestation of that blessing. And we said, you must take your work seriously. We quoted of Ephesians where Paul says, he who does not walk, Ephesians says, the man who has been stealing should no longer steal, but rather he should work diligently with his hands that he may have something to give. And we also read, I think, uh, First Thessalonians, where it talks about he who doesn't walk should not eat. And we spoke about the power of the work that we do. Um, We then had a small detour, talked about the location of wealth. Job 28, verse 1, all the way down where he talks about the fact that there is a place where there is gold and where there is silver and it's not on the surface. And we talked about the fact that that which has value in a sustained manner typically cannot be found on the surface of the earth. And the Bible says when you read Job 28 down, it says men will take a light to it. And we spoke about the power of light or how you locate wealth by bringing light. And we talked about how we get light. We talked about the power of prayer. Uh, uh, Psalm 36 says, in your light, we see light. Uh, We talked about education. We talked about stretching your mind to be able to accommodate. And and last week, we talked about the gift, uh, God, the gift, and the giver. God, the giver, and the gift. We talked about giving. We talked about how giving was such a powerful thing. And we talked about four things that happen when you give talked about how your giving should be a proposal. And I think if I recall, the four things that happened, one is your consecration. Uh, two, I think we talked about transition. Three and four, alignment. And then the last one, uh, I can remember this. The last one was provocation. I remember this. Ah, I'm trying. I'm trying. All right. So today I just want to wrap it up um, and speak about the pillar of faith the pillar of faith. Now, if you've been Christian for a while, odds are that you've heard a message about faith before. What also happens when you are taught about faith is that sometimes it does become challenging. Because after a while, you're like, ah, I don't have this faith they're talking about. You know, it's not... And it does become a bit challenging. Okay? Um, oh, by, by the way, uh, next week and the week after that, I just saw that in the in the what do you call it? And to be transparent, so I don't lay you. I'm preaching about relationships and marriage next week. Wow. Um, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. It's a band people are very excited. Okay, but pretty much. So, so you know, you all come and say, oh, my God!" But I know some of you don't like it because you say, "Ah, they put us under pressure. Well, they want to mind. Oh, well, marriage, marriage." This is the first time we're really talking about that this year. Um, I I will talk about how to how to um, how to find a great spouse next week? Okay, I suspect next week I will speak more to the gentlemen and please, ladies, do fill the house. Bring every man you know—the guy who is toasting you, toasting your friend, the guy who you think will toast you. Bring everybody to church. All right, uh, we'll talk to so talking to the men. How do you find an awesome? An awesome wife. I suspect the upper Sunday wouldn't we'll talk about how to find a great husband. But but that's two Sundays together and then October 1st I will speak about at the end of service. But I need to focus on this. I said it's a short message. The message is starting now. Okay? I'm not saying preaching. No, I was doing recap. No, 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 no. I was doing recap. Let's be fair. Let's call something what it is. I was doing recap. Um, pillar of faith. So sometimes you teach about faith and you talk about how do you have faith? You, you speak about faith and it feels a bit mechanical and sometimes you do try and go away trying to have faith and they say, oh, so you have to believe while you're believing, don't doubt and then you say something, while you're saying something you do something, when you're doing something you believe and it's it feels very forced and it is correct, those mechanics are correct but it feels very forced so I'm going to try my best to preach this um, in the way that I understand it but How that faith is really out of our relationship that we have with God. I believe that the wisest decision a man can make, the best piece of strategy for living. Now, um, I have read articles out of uh, fantastic schools Harvard, Oxford, Uniben, and all the way. That's not a problem. I've read all that. Sometimes Unilag, they have one or two things. Okay? Uh, But but, but there is one thing that I can conclude without any doubt. That the wisest decision a person can make is to trust in God. That's the wisest decision you can make. And every other decision you will make in life will either line up with your trust in God or will show... But you do not trust in God the Bible says how does wisdom start, it says the fear the reverence of God is the beginning of wisdom so the wisest decision anyone can make is to trust God and in increasing measures every, so, every day help me ask this wonderful person next to you do you trust God, do you trust God do you trust God do you trust God a relationship in God, you know, so faith comes out of it. And Bible says, look, it is impossible to please God except by faith. It's impossible to please God except by faith. Second uh, Corinthians 5, 7 says, we walk by faith and not by sight. So when we talked about the pillars of godly wealth, I like to say that faith is a load-bearing pillar. So sometimes you have pillars in the house and some pillars are for, as they would say in Lagos, are for fancy. But some are for bearing load. And so all the things we've discussed so far typically would stand upon faith. Caleb, you need to go and help me sort out something outside. Okay? You you come into the blessing by faith. You access the blessing by faith. You give by faith. You see light by faith. The Bible says uh, faith is the evidence of things not seen. In fact, we walk by faith. Remember when we talked about the power of walk, we said we walk by faith. We walk because we have faith. So faith is central. It's it's, it's in there. So when we even do our work, the Bible says, do not do your work just as to men. It says, do your work. Put your heart in the things that you do. It says, as if you're working for God. We walk by faith. We walk by faith. Now, our relationship with God and the faith that comes out of it is what keeps this whole experience with godly wealth is it's the it's undergarded it. it's it's the it's the load-bearing pillar and so my question to us is look how are we doing with God when you invite your friends to a party so you invite 10 people for a party right you you your expectation of their attendance comes from your knowledge of them, comes from your experience of them and the conclusions you've then made about them. So we all have that one friend who when you invite for a party, well you might not have, I do, I have got they will come in a day early just to check that everything is okay. Okay? Just, to, just want to check I I was doing something small for my wife and then they called me from there in the afternoon One said there's one guy here we don't know him but he's just walking around apparently he was my best man when I got married and Emmanuel is a very forward guy very Emmanuel was there four hours early see I "I I was just in the neighborhood I just wanted to check the location he's a great person so he just wanted to see how big the place was things were arranged properly we all have that when I invite Emmanuel for something I know he will be there, and he will be there early, wearing what I said they should wear. And that's the truth. You say it's a black tie, he's not going to come in a He's wearing what you he said he's gonna wear. You know the friend who will come in early to help. I said the party is for four. Say yes, but I thought I thought you might need help. You know. You know the friend who will tell you, ah, I can't miss your party for anything. But in your mind, you already say, you know this person is not coming. No, you know, you, and it's not, you know you're not offended. you just say, ah, yeah, oh, ah, it's your party. Ah, no, you know I will be there. I will be there. In my mind, I just mm, it's okay, it's okay. But you know they're not going to be there. You know the friend who comes in when you are clearing up, when there's no more food, they just want to give your party a bad name. Just around 10 p.m. when they're you know, putting the candle, you just come, ah, Pam, I just coming and. it's just... And so what happens is, out of the different experiences you've had with different people, you make certain conclusions that inform how you act towards them. That's how faith is. we've all as we sit here now have different experiences with God and we've all made different conclusions about God it's easy to say oh no 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 I have faith in God but you see I say look for when I teach about faith it's like somebody trying to teach you how to drive a car without being in the car it's Because faith is not something that I can really teach you about. I mean, you must hear messages on faith so that when you are in faith, you understand what's going on. But that it is when you are driving the car that you realize, oh, this is what Idris was talking about. And my submission this morning is that when it comes to godly wealth your walk with God and the faith that comes out of that is fundamental and is what sees you through the long haul I mean look faith in God is so the faith must first be in God before it is for things faith must first be in God because he is God before it is for things. When I was, when, uh, when I was much younger, uh, um, it was popular to hear somebody say, "Oh, I'm, I'm fitting something," and what they meant was, if you were just, you know, on the on social media. There was no social media then, but just on social media, and you heard, "Ah, this is the new uh, bag. Well, this is famous bag. Like I saw it yesterday, it's very nice." Um, it's very expensive it's a, it's a beckon bag you know the bag you don't know it's very nice your girlfriend will like it she'll marry you quickly if <laughs> you buy her one alright this is your beckon bag just want to get one right. Um I said oh I'm I'm fitting it I said, I'm fitting it uh, that's what we used to say it simply meant that you had seen something that you wanted and you were trusting God for it So uh, I'm fitting it oh, I'm fitting it I so, i uh, going for this uh, conference ah uh, I don't have money but I'm going to fate it. You say, ah, I want to marry this girl in the choir. If I, eh, how now? You know, her father is a commissioner. Eh, I'm going to fate it. I'll fate it. I'll fate it. And so, if you did not know much, you would think that faith was just for things. But faith is a currency of our relationship with God. So when I talk about faith in relation to godly wealth, it's not just so that you will have money. No. It's that you have faith in God. And God, the Bible says, is the one who gives you the power to create wealth. I'll show you how this, how this comes down to godly wealth in a very quick second. So those who really have faith must have come to terms with the fundamental of their relationship with God. For example, does God love me? That is, you know, some exams you would do in those days and they would put the max just to mock you. They say, in case you, you know, the, 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 the wicked lecturers answer the asking a hard question, I put in the bracket 25 marks. So you should, so immediately you were answering the question, you could see your academic destiny just moving <laughs> Because you, know, you look at the twenty-five. You know, if, if you're like an Afico, you made twenty-five. man, I got that, you know. But if you didn't know it, you just immediately realize that you suddenly your exam is over seventy-five. <laughs> you know. But does God love me? Is a big deal. Help me ask the person next to you. Does God love you? Does God love you? And you know, of course, everybody says, say, Ah, yes, yes, I know, I believe. But, <laughs> but see, if that hasn't, if you haven't worked with God. To the place where that sits in the deep of your heart, I find that everything else you build upon it will shake a little. So even when we talk about giving, we we'll shake a little. Questions like, "Is God responsible for me?" Questions like, "Am I valuable to God?" God and I, are we walking on the same thing? Am I a partaker in something? Questions like, who is Jesus? Why did Jesus die for me? You know, because when Paul will then say things like, you know the grace of God towards us, that though he was rich, he became poor for our sakes, that we through this might become rich. Sometimes it becomes difficult to interpret. So it's your walk with God and the faith that you have in Him. I forget what I said. The wisest decision any man can make is to trust in God. I read a story and I'll tell you why this is critical for us. John chapter 4. John 4 and I read verse 39. And this week meet the story almost finished. But it's a story about Jesus and the woman by the well the Samaritan woman. A Samaritan woman had had a number of husbands, was currently leaving with a gentleman who she wasn't married to. Had this discussion with Jesus, life-changing. She goes into the city and, you know, she calls everybody out. Just proof that God will use strange people. Just in case there is someone here who thinks they are strange. I suspect you are not stranger than this woman. You haven't had four husbands yet. Help me ask the person next to you. Have you had four husbands? Or wives if it's a if it's a guy? Please, please. Have you had four? No. Okay, no problem. And then in 39, when we join the story, the Bible says, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. And so, when the Samaritans had come to him, Jesus, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. I love the news. Next verse. Then they said to the woman, just in case she was confused, now we believe not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. And so they say to the woman, our faith in him has moved from just what you said to a personal experience, a personal relationship, a personal understanding. So some people, you still believe God loves you just because you've heard it so often. Someone says it, someone. But there is a way you walk with God and get to in your walk with God. And then you realize that indeed God loves you. So faith is the response that we have after we've come to know God, after we've, we've come to hear God, we've come to experience God. Okay, so why is this important? This is, let me try and bring this together. So why is this important to godly wealth? Why is this important to godly wealth? The first thing I put in my notes is that our faith indicates what we are ready for. Our faith indicates what we are ready for. When we uh, did the power of work, we said out of Isaiah, uh, nope, not Isaiah, Genesis 26, but Isaac had, we said, three levels of wealth. We said at one point, the Bible says he began to prosper, continued to prosper, became very prosperous. And we said, there is that which, you know, it's in between the lines where you don't see that happens between when a man begins to prosper and continues to prosper and then becomes very prosperous. That all the wealth does not come on day one. It does not matter how many times you sing the song, I've got 30 billion in my account. It it doesn't show up in day one. And And I know that's not how the song goes, but I'm just saying that... Jesus would say to his disciples, I have a lot to tell you. He says, but you cannot bear it all now. You know, the older people would pray prayers like, oh, may God not give us, that God will not give us what will destroy us. I had this interesting discussion with my daughter yesterday. My daughter's going to turn nine next weekend. I she said, oh, one of the things I want is is want, uh, something about makeup. I can already see where I said something about makeup, how I thought about it. So I looked at her, because don't forget I'm from Benin. I'm just driving a Lekki, but I'm from Benin. I'm like, you want makeup at nine years old? <laughs> this is the part of the period where you never know, say, even I did not have makeup, but I didn't have, <laughs> but I just realized it's not appropriate. So So what happens with parents at that time is they say, ah, make up. No. It's when you are 15. I said to her, 13. Because I thought, when she's now 12, I can negotiate again with her forward. So I said, no, it's when you're 13. Then I said some other things I can't say in church like that. People now come and accost me. I said, ah, no, you have to make up your brain first. And then you now... (laughs) but people have criticized me that I was just being nervous nice, but I said I have to make up your brain first to make up brain then make up face I just started talking I'm a beanie man and I'm bearing you just relax okay? but I couldn't I couldn't just imagine why a nine year old girl would have lipstick I said in fact it worried me a little <laughs> but may I say that for some of us that when it comes to godly wealth that God is trying to pass through our lives that he may also consider the state of our life our walk with him my pastor used to say in those days how that for some of us there are certain sins that we do not sin yet because we can't afford them it's true now, do you know how much it costs to fly a girl to Johannesburg in a private jet you can't, that's your annual salary now (laughs) <laughs> so it's can you fly you'll fly you'll start a plane fly a girl to start for, for one night I can never do that God forbid Boy, I never you can't afford it <laughs> you can't afford it and so God knows that because what happens I think it was TDJ spiritual One talking about how there are certain levels of wealth that gives you the luxury of choice You know, there's a level you are at when you want to eat. You know exactly where you are going to. There are certain shops you go to. You know the, you know the, you know where. you are certain lines you don't, you don't bother. For certain malls you enter, the certain shops you don't enter. Why? I don't really like these uh, expensive things like that. I don't like brands, big brands. I don't like them. You know, like simple things. We're, we common. We're common. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if any of you have ever gone to check the price of a of a private. Just like ah. Uh, I want to buy something for myself, for my birthday. They just go online. How much the private jets now? You don't do that. You don't, you don't indulge in that. You're like, <laughs> you're humble. You understand how God is working with you. <laughs> you were just shopping the other day for private jets. They just look at you. eh? Uh, it's going. <laughs> but, and so when it comes to God, and don't forget, we said this wealth that God wants to bring through the church is for a purpose. So God will look at your walk with him, your faith in him. <laughs> Sometimes when we hurry, I put in my notes, it's a sign that we do not trust God. Sometimes. I think it's Isaiah, it says he who makes, he who believes will not act hastily. So God will want to bring us into different levels of wealth at different times. But I suspect, and there is scripture for this, that where we are with him counts a lot. So when you read the story of the steward, the Bible says the master gave to each of them according to where they were, according to their ability. So your faith in God is not just to call something forth. Your faith in God is also to make sure that when when what you have called forth appears, but it will not sweep you away. You know there's a level of wealth you can get to that you can't understand why the ushers will not let you sit in the seat you want to sit in church. Even now that some of us still don't have so much money, when the ushers tell you where to sit, there's a way you look at the usher and then you dodge, you go around then you go to the seat you wanted to sit in before you came to church and so our faith in God, our trust in God is what brings us to the place where Paul is, where he says look I have learned to abound and to obey. So when Paul talks about I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, he's talking about how he's become divorced from the circumstances around him. He says, Look, I can be happy eating humble in the me, one egg, and a cook, or I can be happy in the fanciest restaurant in the city of Lagos. That I can be happy with my beckon bag, or I don't even know what it the- is. Other ones. What's the what's on the other side? Sorry, Holy bag. <laughs> Is that a real brand? Or? Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know, but with the other bags, okay. Sellotape, you know, somebody carries sellotape. It's not stylish, but with a regular balogun bag, you know. But I can be happy living in the far places of Ajah. Where your house doesn't have a house number, the streets doesn't officially show up on Google Maps. Or I can be in Banana Island. He says, look, there is a place I have gotten to. There's somewhere I have developed my faith in God. And it doesn't matter what comes or what goes that is important for people who would work in godly wealth. It's important. I remember teasing a friend of mine years ago. He just bought his first car. It was drizzling lightly. I woke up, my friend was washing his car in the rain. (laughs) And you know, there's a way there's a way you can like something. You know, There's a way you can arrange your shirts and then there's one shirt that you don't let other shirts touch. You just keep it at the edge. You know the way you treat your Congolese or Brazilian hair. You know, there's a way you there's a way you treat the things. But like we said last week, you know, the Bible says that God, Jesus said to the man, says, go sell everything you have. The man said, he went away sorrowful. Is that my alarm? Am I done? It's not your time. There's a way, the Bible says, the man had great riches. And I said, my pastor will say there's great riches that had him. So the first reason why the development of our faith, making sure that our faith in God is thriving, our trust in God is increasing every day, is because it indicates what we are ready for. Would you help me ask the person next to you, what are you ready for? What are you ready for? Is, in fact, that'll tell the person on the other side, I don't, I don't know if you are ready at all. I don't know if you are ready at all. I put in my notes how that we must trust God before we trust men. We must honor God before we honor men.
1: Why is our
0: faith so important? Why is my faith, why is your faith such an important pillar when it comes to dealing with godly wealth? It's important because of what will happen with the instructions that God will give us. because what happens and we've been praying and we'll pray a little today what happens when God begins to because when we say God brings godly wealth what happens some people just think that God just packages this Ghana must go bags in heaven dollars pounds dollars say this one talk by life, write the name say who is this other one don't you know life, send this one that, that's not how he does it I wish he could do that for now and again and God, every night, doesn't matter, it doesn't hot? We won't, we won't refuse, the Ghana must go. That's why we liberally proper, that is from you. But, but what you do with the instructions that will come, this is why it's important. So last week I said, oh, how Peter, you know, they, talk, they come to Peter, Peter, the tax collectors, Peter and Jesus, you and your master haven't paid your taxes, you have a financial obligation. Let's sort this out now. Jesus gives Peter an instruction. Go to the river, catch a fish, open the mouth of the fish. You will see a coin, golden coin, take it, pay. Now, if the tax collector that was there had that statement, what do you think he would have thought? his mind if you didn't want to pay the tax before, say you don't want to pay. If you don't have money, say you don't, which one is sugar and catch fish? What if you were Peter and Jesus says, Go and fish, open the mouth of the fish. He didn't say you will catch gold. That's not he so said you now catch a fish, then open the mouth. And you see, and people say, I'm dramatic. I'm, I'm just following after Jesus. Because this is very dramatic. Open the mouth, and then you see gold coin. I, I would have probably told Jesus, eh, Why don't you just tell this guy to come back? <laughs> I mean, there's no, there's no harming. But Peter goes fishing. And I, as I prepared, I realized that this is because Peter's had a walk with God in which Jesus will say to him, What's happening? It says I haven't caught anything all night. It says throw the net on the other side. He's walked with God to the place where they've. Someone quoted it today. Falabi, how do no, Jesus say? He says somebody walking on water. He says if it's you, bid me come. He steps out of the boat. I don't know why, but he steps out of the boat. One of my pastors said years ago so if you don't think it's a miracle tomorrow morning there's water everywhere try it but please don't try it for he says my pastor that says I should try it please do not go and try it don't it's wrong don't even if you can swim don't go but peter had been walking with god and so when the instruction that showed him the location of wealth came there was faith in his heart already because the Bible says that in Hebrews 4 it says that the word of God came to a certain people it says but it did not profit them it says not being mixed with faith in them that heard it my notes I said please start trusting God early So that sometimes, because sometimes when God will bring the instructions, they will veer into what it's the ridiculous. The wisest decision any man can make is to trust in God. What of ideas? We're talking about light. Job twenty-eight one, How men will take light and will put it to darkness and find where wealth exists on the earth. I've been saying this for a while, I say it again, that sometimes we think when God gives us ideas, that he just comes and gives you alone the idea. I, it might be true, but I'm beginning to realize that there is the breath of God that comes upon a generation every so often. Because what happens is that God will give you an idea. I mean, you know how one year, two years, three years, Four years, maybe even shorter. One day you're walking or driving down or browsing, and then you see your idea. Someday you will even enter your idea as a shop. You're like, ah, you'll come out again. Ah, this is in fact they even have the chair where God told me the chair should be. There is someone God has given you an idea about barber shops in Lagos for guys. But the challenge is that you have not worked with God sufficiently to trust him to the place where you will act on that idea. And so we pray, Godly word, God send us wealth. and So the angels would, you know, just like God, they've prayed, let's go and they send ideas. So are there ideas that we have refused to even pray about? Are there ideas that we've even refused to research about? Ideas that we have refused to speak about? Ideas that we have refused to act on? He says he could do no great works there because of their unbelief. I was preparing, I remember you know, stumbling in that scripture in Matthew 17 where it says, if you have faith like a mustard seed. And I realized that, you know, there's, <laughs> is my understanding, Jesus wasn't teaching about the size of your faith there. He was teaching about how faith is like a seed and I wish I brought some seeds to service today. Because your seeds are nice but the, the real power of a seed comes when you engage it, when you plant it when you put it somewhere the wisest decision a man can make is to trust in God so we need to be walking with God So when he brings certain ideas to us we we do not treat them as commonplace or as stupid. The Bible says the carnal mind cannot understand the things of the Spirit of God because because you need to be in a place where the Spirit of God helps you to understand these things. I remember when we started this whole meeting this whole set of teaching I remember saying to someone how you know, sometimes when you think of the thing, some of you have gone to Disney before in, uh, in uh, Florida, right? Yes. That's, the guy just walked there one day and said, my gosh, we're going to build... What did Disney start in Florida? I can't remember. I've read the case before. I can't remember where it started, but where it was. And we're just going to build big rides, big rides, big place. Or even the things you see. Some of you live in estates that you did not realize 20 years ago did not exist even on paper we drive cars today that never existed 30 40 years ago we are using mobile phones today that never existed before and so what happens when the ideas come on the earth looking for faith in the hearts of people the Christians are praying God money money God send it send it help you, my brother, this idea like God dollars and in case God is not here, you shout loud at dollars God's this idea idea, in fact he shows you how they did it somewhere else help me ask the person next to you do you have faith in God? There's something about, why is faith so important? There is something about faith, the Bible says when it talks about the weapons of our warfare, that the shield of faith allows us to resist the fiery darts of the enemy. So in my notes, I say that we need faith to resist corruption. And I'll tell you what that means. One of the challenges with living in, modern day Lagos, as a Christian, it's oftentimes, how do you run a business successfully where you have to bribe? Oh, we have, all of us here have never given bribes. No problem. Never. They've never caught you without your license before. You say, ah, oh, officer. Or they didn't catch you as you were coming to church, talking on the phone. You say, ah, oh, those guys in bikes. I'm a Christian I was actually counseling he said but anything and so we've never given bribes before but what happens is that when you are walking with God and building your trust in God you then get to a place where you don't take shortcuts as readily as other people will some of us will get to a place in life soon where because of the size of the things you are doing you will have to interface with people in government and sometimes they will say to you this, when, not this whole thing about the file is not moving <laughs> it's not a joke oh. <laughs> it's a way of life it's an institutionalized practice for certain people they won't tell you so like, what happens that you'll be what's happening and then somebody will now call you and say, hey, my brother are you new here You you just came to... You you just got back. Okay, okay. Do you have any uncle in the civil... That can maybe talk to... And when you get there, your uncle I say, Ah, ah. Have you seen... I'm saying, no. Okay, don't worry. I'll take you there. But what happens when God is the one who you are walking with, who you are trusting, is that you, you find that you have the ability to make good judgment in all circumstances. I mean, we all agree that a Christian should not bribe. True or false? Speak out, church. True, true, Rabbi. If our life Point members don't give bribe, if they catch you driving one way, let them take you to the police station. If they say you have to go and do a test. Go and do the test humbly. Let the Lord from that suffering teach you what is right. But if you do, you never drive one way again. Even if you see them telling me, we we'll drive, it's one way. You just say, no, it's okay. I'm not driving. But if you give the bribe, the odds are that one day you will drive one way again. The Bible says, by faith, Moses, when he'd come of age, Hebrews eleven twenty four, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasure of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater treasures than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt not fearing the rod of the king, for we endured as seeing him who is invisible. There's a way that faith protects you from corruption and discouragement. There's a way the Bible says that the rod of the wicked will not exert over the lot of the righteous. It says, lest the righteous put their hands to that which is wrong. There's a way you can be in such a bind that you think, I must take the shortcut out of it. need to round this up. See, if someone had not laughed at me when I said it was going to be a short message, it might have been a short message, but see what your laughter has done. Unbelief, guys. What is the summary of the matter for me this morning? Is that there is a way that our persistent and determined pursuit of God flows into a relationship where we begin to hear things about God so like those people we can say look we no longer just believe because of what P.I. said but now we have interacted with God personally the Bible says that Noah moved by godly fear or heard something from God, moved by godly fear, began to build an ark. Do you know how ridiculous he must have looked in his day building an ark? An ark is not a cupboard. It's not even a house. It's a huge, massive project. Didn't take him two days or a week or a month It's a massive undertaking. You put yourself in Noah's shoes. How did. Noah wasn't even an expert carpenter. He just had faith. Sometimes I ask myself, it is what are you building because of what you have heard from God? When we talk about godly wealth, there's some people God is saying. Can we start building something for the next 20 years? Bible says, But how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? I'm reading Romans 10. Verse 14 in conclusion. How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? He says, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed, our report. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What have we observed about God? What are we observing about God? Because we know that we will have to control billions in due time. Sometimes it is those who are closest to the house of God and the most religious that miss out the very obvious moves of God. The very religious people, the very intelligent people in God's time, Jesus' time, missed what God was doing. Jesus' people could not be blessed by him. The Bible says he came unto his own. Because of their familiarity, it closed their ability to have faith in him. The blessing of Abraham is looking for expression in our generation. Looking for faithful stewards and givers. It's in high demand. Christians who will put light to the darkness. Men and women who will make that most important decision to trust God completely in everything that they do. A people of faith who would handle instructions, ideas as sacred things from God, who would mix it with faith, Who would whose faith will be planted and not just be as a seed that has power but has not been engaged. Men and women who would give unto nations and not borrow. Men who would work with reverence, with diligence and with passion. The wisest decision a man can make is to trust in God. If we asked your family who you were serving, what would they say? If we asked your friends who you are following, what would they say? If we asked your time, what would it say? If we asked your money, what would it say? If we asked God, what would he say? A friend shared with me a testimony he said he'd come to a place in his finances where he then had a deficit. I think he said the figure was about $2 naira. He wasn't owing money. He just had a deficit in terms of the things he needed to do. And he said he couldn't figure out how he was going to find those funds. And he said he knew someone who was close to him who he had been very good to and who could, who could give him the money. He said he had never bothered the person. And said, he just resolved, ah, why am I here? And my friends is all boxed up. The kind of friend who just said, ah, Josh, you have two million there. You're not, you're not holding like that. He say, yeah, yeah, two million. A just two, take 2.5. That kind of friend. He, he really had the friend. I know the friend. And he said, he just resolved, ah, I'm just going to go to meet that friend. And he said, he came for one of our meetings. And as he stepped in, his heart was heavy. He says, in the course of prayer and worship, it dawned upon him that he had not asked God about it. And that he had shifted his trust from God to man. He said he quickly repented and said, God, I won't ask him. And he said, God, I ask you for this amount. You know, the testimony is amazing because it says a week later he gets to work. He gets an email. Saying they had declared a special bonus. I think he said it was a million plus. <laughs> he says though so someone who had been owing him money he had written off, he gets an alert from the person. He said he had written it off. It wasn't in his books anymore. The wisest decision a man can make is to trust. A call on God's people to start to build their faith, start to follow God, determinately beyond what we can preach or teach. I've tried today. I've, uh, tried small. I'm going to ask Talkboy to uh, lead us in one prayer. Uh, what was that song? Sorry, Talkboy, while you come. Why talk up. There's that song you guys were singing in the choir that time. Da 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 I could be any song, but <laughs> you're know the one. Thank you for listening to a message from the Life Point Church. To download more free messages, please visit
1: www.soundcloud.com forward slash NG.